2: This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that helped us get to our goal of 1,000 subscribers. Because of you, we can bring Colts content to you all, and we thank you so, so dang much. For subscribing, Thank you all fans of the Blue Stable. We appreciate you. This is the Blue Stable podcast on YouTube. As always, your host, producer, content coordinator of the Blue Stable, Michael Pevia, joined by me as always, the NFL insiders, the writers of the Blue Stable, Destin Adams, Rashad McGinnis. Destin, this show, man, I'm gonna start with you, Rashad, my bad, man. I gotta start with Destin here real quick. Uh, what actually, no, actually, you you forgot about us earlier, uh, earlier earlier today. So, Rashad, let me start with you, man. <laughs> uh, r- real quick before we get back to this Jersey giveaway thing, how are you, man? What, what's going on?
3: Oh, man, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We got one more preseason game left, and then it's time to get to what really matters, man. It's time to get to what really matters. It's so close I can smell it.
4: What really matters, what really matters to Rashad is after the preseason game on Sunday, his favorite suit shop has a discount this Sunday only. Um, and that and that's really what's on Rashad's mind, everybody. So I'm, I'm, pumped, I'm pumped for Rashad as well. I mean, I, I get the newsletters. I can't afford <laughs> I can't afford any of this stuff Rashad sends, but I, I get the newsletters. Uh, but yeah, I mean, preseason Almost done. I mean, the big one for me is cut day is always a pretty interesting one. Um, I always find myself looking at the clock kind of like it's the trade deadline almost. i um, just waiting to see all these guys just trickle in that are released. I mean, I remember where I was last year when Andre Shazir makes the roster and then about an hour and a half into practice, hour into practice, we, we get the notification that he's being released. Um, so a lot of emotional parts about the cut day, but I'm excited to kind of see wh- what the Colts team looks like this year.
2: That was a very dark day, Destin. That was a, that was a very dark day. Uh, but obviously, Andre Sacheret is playing big time in Philadelphia right now. But to get back, and uh, you mentioned the cuts – the Colts made some additional cuts, but we'll get to that in a minute, guys. We have to announce this jersey giveaway, how to enter and enter yourself into this contest. Because of you, we got to 1,000 subscribers, and now you can win a jersey giveaway by being subscri- subscribed. And don't get tricky, because we can check, okay? being subscribed and put down in the comment section below your Twitter handle, Twitter or Instagram handle will work. If you want to put in both, whichever is the easiest way that you're checking, you know, more uh, often, really, we will reach out to you if you happen to be that winner. So again, to enter the Jersey giveaway must be subscribed, enter your social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff in the comment section below. Go, go, put it down right now. And we're going to get started, ladies and gentlemen. Destin Adams, what
4: do you got for us? Yeah, everybody. This episode is sponsored by Home Field Apparel. And I'm pretty pumped to say that. I've been a fan of home field apparel for a while i love their indiana hoosier apparel any iu fans listening in that indie area make sure you're checking it out already for that but the exciting stuff about it is their colts line opens this saturday I don't know if you guys follow Home Field Apparel on Twitter or Instagram. They posted a couple of the items today, a couple of my favorite items even. And I believe you can see it on the screen right now. Kenny Moore rocking that blue sweatshirt. That blue sweatshirt's a must-buy in my opinion. I don't know about you guys, but that as soon as I saw the blue sweatshirt, I knew I had to buy it.
3: Yeah, when I went on the website, I saw uh, a couple of good pieces. Uh, I really like this North Carolina. They had a North Carolina uh, T-shirt from the year Jordan hit the game, win a shot. That was actually down here in New Orleans when Jordan did that um, in 82, I believe. It's a really cool T-shirt. It's really retro made. It's a um, North Carolina Tar Heel in the center of it. I just love the lettering on it. it it's a dope shirt, man. I, I love their pieces, especially the vintage stuff.
2: I really love this clothing line, man. It's awesome. It's unique. It's it's actually, you know, pretty, like I already said, unique. I like it. My favorite thing is probably the long sleeve shirt. I mean, you guys have to check this out. I am a big TCU fan and they have TCU gear on there. Their hoodies are amazing. I'm going to check them out, guys. I'm going to, if you have a favorite college, and I know a lot of people, y'all want to rep y'all's alma mater, where y'all went to school at, or maybe where your kids went to school, get them, you know, Christmas is coming up. Go over to home field to check that out. I'm checking out the TCU ones because, and I I could probably, she's over in the other room right now, but I could get my girlfriend something of Baylor. You know, it may not be as good quality as TCU, but maybe on the cheaper side because, you know, low value, but I can always get her something like that on the cheaper side to help save money again. So guys hit up home field again. If y'all can't, they should still be up right now. Check out these photos. Kenny
4: Moore, Jonathan Taylor repping the gear right now, guys. So that sure that jacket when they launch, that jacket Taylor has on, you guys can't see it yet, but once, once you see the full picture of it, like that, that item's mm. also going to have to be in my closet. It's, it's going to have to be there. Um, but when you win in that line is coming out this upcoming saturday august 27th at noon eastern time that line is going live you got to set that reminder right now in your calendars do not miss it cuz you don't want to miss out on any of these items i've heard i heard that jacket might even be a limited amount of them um so you want to make sure to get that j- jacket that Jonathan Taylor is rocking and when you do it if you want to get 15% off for new customers at Homefield Apparel use the code thebluestable thebluestable at checkout at
3: homefieldapparel.com and com. It- Are we allowed to use that that code? Sure we can. We can use our own code. I I won't hey. feel, you know,
4: hey, I'm not cheating, I- right? I don't think so. Uh, there has been no rules sent about that. Um, so I say you use it, you get that 15% off and need you, that add, jacket. you add home field apparel to Rashad McGinnis's closet immediately. <laughs> Saturday, 1201 Eastern.
2: Yes, sir. Add the jacket to his closet. Yeah, right. He might just end up buying the whole clothing line I- anyway. So I do Other need all that, six. Guys, pe- I'm shout- going to get
3: all six pieces though. I do
2: plan to get all six hey man they're nice they got some joggers in there as well some t-shirts man i'm definitely gonna get up get at those again they got numerous colleges out there some schools out there again if y'all want to rep y'all's alma mater go get that apparel go 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 now to get into some colts football today at practice breaking heart news right here ladies and gentlemen Our punter, one of the most elite punters in the game today, Rigoberto Sanchez, uh, allegedly uh, ruptured his Achilles right now. It is not confirmed yet, but numerous beat writers, uh, Nate Adkins of the Indy Star, Joel Erickson of the Indy Star, like these guys are there at practice. They're seeing it all. Apparently a ruptured Achilles is the worry right now. There will be confirmation going uh, going forward. Maybe tomorrow he should be undergoing some testing for that uh disappointing heartbreaking news all around we know this guy uh survived and and defeated cancer i believe it was a few years ago he he went through that the stress that his family had through that recovery and ultimately he beat that to have this unfortunate injury uh, i believe it was during you know uh sprints while the team was running sprints just unfortunate news all the way around guys Destin, what was your reaction to these, this unfortunate news? Yeah. I mean, the
4: initial reaction when you see the news about Rego is, man, that's just such a good dude um, to go down. I mean, it sucks to see any guy go down any player, um, any professional athlete have to deal with an injury. But when you see it's Rego and you know, some of the things he's been through, you know, just how he is in the community. I mean, it's just tough to see that news, but then, you know, the selfish thought fools in as well. I mean, Rigo is one of the best punters in the league. He's one of the most consistent punters in the league. He gives the Colts a legit weapon on special teams at pinning opponents deep. And that, that's not going to be an easy thing to fix. I mean, we're recording this on August 23rd, um, day of the injury. And, I mean, that's tough. That's going to be a tough spot to fill for sure. I mean, whoever's going to come in is not going to be on the Rigo Berto Sanchez level. Um, I'm interested to see what – um they're gonna do there like who they're gonna try to fill that with on the market whether it's a guy that's cut going on to 50 to the 53 i don't know how many teams were holding multiple punters um i know the bills just released their previous starter after they drafted a rookie this year so there's gonna be options out there but prayers go out to rigoberto and his family for sure and we're we're hoping for a unexpected positive update tomorrow, obviously, as we are not 100% sure yet. It is just a assumed serious injury when it involves the Achilles.
3: Yeah, man, it sucks to see it, sucks to hear about it, man. After what that guy has been through as a person, you know, you just – you literally wonder, you know, how mentally how is he dealing with this right now and, and your concern for his well-being. You know, he, he's such a strong guy that he's going to bounce back. He's going to come back better than ever. But it hurts, man. From a football standpoint, it, hurt, it hurts your team. You know, you played a field position battle. Sometimes that determines a winner or a loser in a game, and he's an important part of that. So, you know, what you have to do is go back and, and go back to drawing board and, and go look around the league and see if you can find somebody to replace that guy. You're probably not going to find no one as good, but hopefully you can find somebody to kind of, mitigate the loss so that it isn't so detrimental to the team.
2: Yeah. Rigoberto Sanchez has had a huge hand in the Colts being probably one of the most elite special teams units uh, last year. He's punting has never been an issue. Kickoffs have never been an issue. we never get any ran back on us because he puts the ball where it needs to be. He doesn't allow it to drop in someone's hands at the 10 yard line, 20 yard line. He always puts it where it needs to be. Get those touchbacks and it's never been a problem. This guy is one of the most elite hunters, but he's also he, he's also a brother. He's also a son. He's also a human being. He's also a father. So our hearts go out to him and his family. Like Destin said, we are hoping for positive news tomorrow. Oh, hey, for a day we forgot uh, our medical expertise and we, we got this wrong. So hopefully we hope for the for the best news. In other news, the Colts did drop down to 80 on their roster. They made four more cuts. Again, they do have a uh, designated roster spot for Marcel Dabo, but the four cuts they made were wide receiver DJ Montgomery, defensive tackle KV on Patton, center Alex Mollet, and running back CJ Verdell. So those guys, unfortunately, are gone. Their journey with the Colts in preseason ends. We'll see if they can you know, get picked up. Uh, by someone some other team maybe they end up back I have no idea but as of right now the Colts are now down to 80 at uh, the roster now so before what's up? no I thought that's I thought you were saying something okay My fault, guys. I'm over here uh, listening to Ghost. Apparently, I got Ghost here in... You just missed me. You just missed me already. I was
4: muted for a few seconds. You just needed to check in on me.
2: I needed to check on you. I got to make sure you're safe and everything. You know, everything going good, though, at home? Yeah, I'm good,
4: man. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you checked in, though. I, I really feel loved over here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this
2: show is sponsored by Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BSTABLE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BSTABLE20 at manscaped.com. It's Smooth sax number, boys. Get on board or get left behind. All right, guys. So now the preseason, week two of the preseason is now has come and gone. You can see right here on these graphics, the Colts did take the L 26 to 27. But as you can see, again, if you're looking on these graphics, don't forget to subscribe, by the way. All these graphics, Sam Ellinger, Desmond Patman, Mike Strong, Sterling Weatherford. These guys had days. They had a great day. And we're going to talk. Each of us are going to have two players ready for you on who stock went up before we get into that if you guys have players that you think their stock went up and we don't happen to mention them drop those names down in the comment section below we will get back to those comments and we can't wait to see what other guys you have in store because if we're not thinking about them and you guys are please let us know again if you guys have guy names sorry that you think have improve their stock of making the roster drop those names down in the comment section below Dustin let's start with you buddy two guys whose stock went up after Saturday's loss in the preseason
4: yeah I'm I'm gonna start with just one of the one of my guys that has kind of been on my on my list this throughout the entire offseason that I've been excited to see how his growth was going to be this year and that's going to be Will Fries. Um, I think Will Fries has tremendously improved in pass pro already um, in this second year. I think you can see it. You can see the strength uh, and that upper body strength that he's been able to play with in that left guard spot. And I just think he's held his own with that second unit. You just really haven't seen him be an issue at all. And I mean, that's, it's a solid addition to the second unit right there if he can be that solid piece who if he has to come in for spot playing time here and there. I think he's a guy that can play anywhere in the interior, left guard, right guard, maybe a little bit of center looking at the body type there, and he even has experience playing tackle back at Penn State, um, and, and versatility is the thing that's going to skyrocket these guys, but I think that Lions game just really showed that Will fries can play in this league, and I'm excited to see what this year looks like for him in the bigger role in that second unit and the second person whose stock is up michael is uh sam ellinger i said it if you you follow whoa. me on twitter whoa you, you are flabbergasted right now can you say
3: that one more time for me okay. say it I'm again hold on, hold
4: on hold on mic check everybody can y'all hear us can you hear me this, rashad you're good um, my, yeah, I'm good. Okay. My my second player who's stock rose. Look at the camera. Look at the camera. After the Lions game is quarterback. We're back out of Texas, wow. Sam Ellinger. Wow. I mean, even as the guy who is just patent not liking Sam Ellinger, I uh, lived in Oklahoma City for a while. Um, During the years he was at Texas adopted Oklahoma as like my second college team had to I was I was right down the street from old Norman and Sam Ellinger just didn't like him in in, in college didn't like his tape in the draft ends up on the Colts so obviously I've had my negative uh, biases there. But the guys played through preseason, man. I mean, he looks comfortable, way more comfortable than this past year. I think you see a little bit more velocity in his throws. And I just think he looks like a guy who can be a backup in the NFL level. Um, If you asked me this time last year if I thought Ellinger could be a solid backup in the NFL for years to come, I would have told you no. I just didn't think he had the talent to do so. But you watch him under center this year, and – He just looks comfortable. He looks like he understands Frank Reich's offense maybe better than anyone in the room already. Um, He just looks like he's able to execute it to a T. He's he's able to move in the pocket well. He's able to find the open men. Um, Do I think he's going to throw weapons open often? No. Do I think he's going to do anything tremendous to elevate the unit he's on? No. But I do think Sam Ellinger has proved this offseason to haters like me and others that he can be a backup at this level. Um, now, do I think he's going to be a backup in Indianapolis? No. Uh, do I think he makes the 53-man roster? No. Had to throw in those cons. Uh, but Sam Ellinger's stock is for sure up, in my opinion.
2: Oh, he just had to throw it in there, Rashad. He just had to throw it in. He couldn't, he couldn't let the Sam Ellinger lovers be here for a while. That was a lot of he positivity just, for me, okay? He that had was to raise them up in the elevator and
3: then cut the cord, bang. Just had to drop him. Wouldn't be destined if he didn't do it that way. <laughs> um the stock risers that i have um first i'm gonna go with somebody that's pretty obvious pretty front door i'm gonna go with mike strong um ever since he came back from his injury you know i, I know he had a couple of drops at training camp minor issue but since he got out out there on the field man he just made it look so easy it, it looks effortless with him it looks like he doesn't even belong out there with the people that they had him lining up against um, Mike is, he's right back the way he was last year in training camp. But hopefully, you know, he, he, he took a step mentally, you know as far as digesting the playbook, learning what to do with routes, learning how to sit in the soft part of zones and different things like that. Things he's gonna need to know how to adjust on the fly mid routes and, and, and different things that he struggled with last year. But he looks like the guy, man. He definitely alleviates some of that pressure because everybody was wondering what the coach were going to do at wide receiver five and wide receiver six. So he, he, I think he's definitely solidified himself in one of those spots, and he would definitely be on his roster when it comes down to the 53-man roster. Um, another guy is a guy that I won't say his stock was ever down, but he was injured, and he came back. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyquan Lewis. Uh, Tyquan Lewis came back he looked like himself again. You know, I was worried about that injury. It was a serious injury. I believe it was a patella. And he came back and he's just back to his self, man. It was, spot, it was times last year where Taekwon looked like the best pass rusher on this defensive line in the beginning of the season. He got hurt in such a tragic way, a tragic way for him and a tragic way for, for the team. You know, that was the game that kind of swung the momentum of, of the season a little bit. But he's back now, he dominated in the preseason game. We didn't need to see much of him, but the little we did see, he was fabulous out there, man.
2: I'm not sure if it was just me, but it looked, it looked, he, he had this aura about him, this perception about him that I've been here. You know, I, I've been here before and he has played, he did play pretty well in last year's preseason games. He just, he, he looked a step ahead of everybody. Like you don't normally see that from a guy who's coming into his second year, who played zero amount of snaps in his rookie year. On Saturday, he just looked like a natural. He just looked, everything flowed well for him. Everything was smooth going for him. Like, everybody else was struggling. Everybody else was trying to catch up. Mike Strong was just, he, he was just out there running routes, catching balls, obviously well-placed uh, passes by Sam Ellinger, of course. And that that's my take on, on Mike Strong. He just looked like he belonged and maybe maybe he should have been a guy that was also taking the day off like a Michael Pittman, like other starters on the offensive line and Matt Ryan. So that's good stuff on Mike Strong, Taekwondo Lewis. Again, we're glad he's back. He looked really good. My two guys, I'm going to go with uh, Rodney Thomas. Now again, yeah, he's my guy. And I'm going with, I'm sticking with him. Okay. Yeah. Hate me all you want, but I'm gonna go with Rodney Thomas on the previous show. We, I did speak about, him getting minimal run in Buffalo. He wasn't really challenged too much. He got the start on Saturday. Okay, he got the start on Saturday, and I didn't know what to expect. He still didn't get challenged as much in the passing game, but what he showed is he can come down, even if he's 20 yards off the ball, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage, he can come down and make some tackles. Like, Destin, this guy's angles, his tackle technique was much better than... A lot, a, a lot of people thought it would be as a rookie. And again, this guy was not expected to make the roster. I've been saying he could. He definitely has a chance to make it because that's just what it showed on tape. It just looks natural to him as the athlete that he is. And it was kind of similar to Julian Blackman. Chris Ballard called Julian Blackman a natural free safety because of how athletic he is, how well and smooth he plays the position coming out of Utah. Rodney Thomas reminded me a little bit of that, not as, you know, Chris, not as, you know, as a long in his game as Julian was as a rookie. But what he was able to show, those tackles getting up to the line of scrimmage. That was just like, like I was watching a vet out there. He had good open field tackles and he didn't panic. I don't think he, he, out of all the attempts, the four tackles, he didn't miss one. He wrapped up, he made the tackle, he got low. That's what I want to see from a rookie safety who could carve out a role in the safety four spot and could be a play away from being a starter on this defense. So, and and again, knocking on wood, hoping all the injuries are behind Julian Blackman. So that was my take on Rodney Thomas. I was very pleased with his performance on Saturday. My second guy is going to be Forrest Ryan. This guy, he missed, he's been, you know, dealing with an injury lately, but he missed Buffalo the preseason opener, and then he started this game alongside EJ Speed and absolutely wrecked havoc. Nine total tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass defended, pass breakup, basically. This guy was pretty good. He was pretty, pretty good. He was all over the place. I tweeted it out on Saturday watching him and EJ Speed. They're all over the place. They're getting into their holes. They're sticking to their uh, gap assignments. They're sticking there. They're getting off blocks, and they're making tackles. You know, the defensive line, the interior got beat up a little bit. So everything was really on Forrest Ryan and EJ Speed to be able to stop that run. It not necessarily stop, but limit the run. Let me say that. Forrest Ryan was all over the place, man. I, 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 was, I was surprised to see him get the start over the guys like jojo doman and sterling weatherford even though those guys did play majority of the game forrest ryan surprised me and he needed this big day especially after missing some time in camp missing uh the buffalo game saturday was a huge game for him he looked like he belonged uh again you know you're playing the twos and everything but if you're standing out like that against the twos you, you, you made a case for yourself to be able to try and make the roster or convince them to bring you back on a practice squad. And again, you're, you still have a job. You still have a home. You're still part of an organization can get caught up at, at any
4: moment. So those practice
2: squad uh, spots are valuable.
4: Yeah. I mean, and those are two positions that you just named that are going to be good spots to be on the rise for, because That safety four spot is not decided. Um, There's multiple guys that are options. Um, I I think Rodney Thomas, again, is who I would go with, like you were saying, for a lot of reasons, and the upside that's there, um, I just think, puts him above a lot of the other guys. Armani Watts is a guy who, special teamer, um, the the team may decide to go with um, for whatever reason, so... Roddy Thomas moving in the up direction is a huge thing for his game at this point. And Forrest Ryan, I mean, you mentioned it, but early on in training camp, he he was having a very, very good camp. Ends up getting hurt, had to take a little bit of a step back, um, heal up. And a lot of other guys started to show out a little bit, which is always the biggest fear of missing time in training camp um, is, man, I was showing out and I leave the field and I'm giving all these other guys opportunities. And, I, Forrest Ryan, I think, needed a good game on Saturday, went out and did it. And the linebacker room, is, it's, that's going to be one of the hardest ones. I'm really excited to see what they do.
2: Yeah, I know There's like there, there could be some questions out there like, oh, well, could they just keep seven? You just don't need seven linebackers. You, you, you don't. You're not going to be in the traditional 4-3. You're going to be in the nickel. You need two linebackers. And at maybe even six, keeping six linebackers is pushing it. Uh, you already have your vet and Zaire Franklin. You already have EJ Speed. You know Shaquille Leonard is gonna is gonna miss some time now. How much time? We don't know. Is he gonna be out there week one? We don't know. But, but seven would you linebackers. Rather,
4: would you rather keep seven linebackers? And this is just a few spots that you could say this about. So okay, just to give you a few, um, I'll ask a question. You can answer yes or you can answer which. So would you rather keep seven linebackers or three quarterbacks?
2: Seven linebackers. Would you
4: rather rather keep seven linebackers or four running backs?
2: I think I'll still do the seven linebackers.
4: So I agree on both of those. Just to let you know. Um, (laughs) So at this point of the tight end room, obviously we were going to keep four with Ogletree. Ogletree's out for the year. Now looking at it, would you rather keep seven linebackers or four tight ends? I think I might
2: go four tight ends. Well, are they going to bring in somebody? I'm not sure if well, a guy like that, Michael that's Jacobson. That's what I'm saying. It's about who's here. Yeah, yeah, like Michael Jacobson, you know, does he show enough to, you know, say, hey, I can have a roster spot. Are you going to give a roster spot to Michael Jacobson or prioritize that to somebody who has a better, you know, input or impact on special teams? And I think the linebackers
4: might might take that one. Because of who's in the room, I would go seven linebackers as well. I think they're going to want to use all those tight ends to the point that they should have a fourth tight end um, unless you're going to try to use the big-body receivers in a way to kind of cancel that out. So would you rather keep seven linebackers or six receivers? Because there's now the talk about if it's five or six receivers. Well, I know Ashton Doolin
2: is one of them. Well, he's taking on a larger – larger role in the wide receivers so he may take a step back in the special teams he may be asked to take a step back six wide receivers or seven linebackers i think right there i'll go with the receivers honestly i think i'll go with the receivers because of you know those two guys desmond patman who had a great day on saturday i think desmond patman showed you something in the receiver game that you could that that you could use if you know that Paris Campbell's history shows that he won't be available for probably more than 50% of the season. I think keeping those six wide receivers is more impactful than keeping the seven linebackers, even though, you know, Darius, sorry, Shaquille Leonard has some injury issues. You still have guys cause you're only using two linebackers all the time. You're probably using three, maybe what five plays a game probably. So I
4: think I would go the six wide receiver route, honestly. So I agree. So I think we agree across the board there. But I guess the point of that conversation is I think seven linebackers is an option that people just aren't talking about enough. Because, I mean, I really think seven linebackers is more likely than a lot of those others that we just mentioned. I think six receivers is the one that I agree with, that they would go receiver before they would go that seventh linebacker. But then you mentioned Doolin's going to take a step back from special teams. So then that linebacker spot, all those guys can go play special teams. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's just a, it, it's a area and a number. The seven linebackers is something that I think people should watch a little bit more.
2: And man, Chris Ballard and his staff are so damn good at these evaluating linebackers, man. They are so damn good. I, and I, I've been watching some preseason games. There are some, some teams out there that could use some middle linebackers green Bay like after after their starting middle linebacker, who else? Like they're not confident in that room right now. So, do we want them to like? Hey, we'll take this guy when you wave him. I don't want that to happen, honestly, man. These linebackers are sound. They're good as rookies, man. They're they're good. JoJo Sterling, uh, Forrest. I just mentioned him. They they all had good days, man. I think at first you were already looking at Sterling Weatherford and JoJo Doman. But Forrest Ryan, that game on Saturday, he re-entered the conversation. So he's kind of like a Sam Ellinger. He hasn't given you a reason to cut him yet. And he made sure of that on Saturday. So that's some good talk. If Again, these guys that we just mentioned, if you want to talk more about Sam Ellinger, put it down in the comment section below why you think he should or should not make the roster. No, we don't want no crazy things of, oh, he's the future. He's not, Okay. I think that he could be a potential backup, but put down in the comment section who you think Sam Ellinger can be over the course of his potential career, obviously. So guys, next up, we're going to go to under the radar locks. Who is a lock to make this roster under the radar? You know, this is our opinion, obviously, Uh, hopefully, obviously it's an educated opinion. So Destin, I'm going to start with you, man. When we talk, under the radar locks all right who is a guy that you
4: are going to go with yeah so I mean mine is a guy that I have just I think he's been consistent I think he is versatile as a linebacker we just mentioned Forrest Ryan and how this linebacker room is going to be a fun one to see how the cuts go down to but Jojo Doman is a guy that he just screams a Ballard-type move on these fringe roster cuts. I mean, I think JoJo is going to be able to play on the special teams. I think he's going to be pretty versatile as a backup linebacker if needed. I think he could you could move him to any of the three spots in a pinch. I think he's probably more so utilized in that Mike or Sam role um, in that backup spot. But I just think JoJo offers so much – versatility the athleticism's there and the kid just has a such a high motor Um, I heard early on at rookie camp that he was turning heads and I think he just kept doing it during training camp Um, he may have not had the flashy game like a Forrest Ryan did this Saturday but I think the thing about Jojo that puts him apart above these other linebackers in the room that I think have all been impressive is that he's just not gone away He's not had those quietness. He's not had those lows of lows. He's just been there every training camp practice being Jojo Doman. And I think he's going to carve out a role in the NFL in a normal year where this was the post COVID year. This was the most draftees entered the draft ever. I do not think Jojo Doman is an undrafted free agent in any of the recent drafts other than this year.
2: High, high praise on the former Nebraska, uh, corn husker that's that's their yep.
4: hey to go husker. from to go from being a corn husker to living in indiana i mean doesn't it just seem perfect doesn't it just seem perfect what's the difference right yeah i mean <laughs> you got to uh I, the uh, hard knocks is on right now and one of the one of the quotes that just came out is when campbell was asked about what he thought of grand park and being here he, he said it, he felt like it was the field of dreams and i i didn't know if we should take that as a disrespectful comment hilarious um but just just seemed very accurate
2: the field of dreams that is interesting to say the least yeah uh going from nebraska to indiana man feels like home just a different state right so my guy i'm gonna go with uh he i, I saw some good things from him on saturday and i think he The reasoning I'm about to give, I think he locked up his spot, honestly. And I'm going to go with Tony Brown, the cornerback. I think what he showed on Saturday, he was playing in the slot a lot. And I think that can be valuable. I think that was a big thing to Ron Miles and Gus Bradley, because what Tony Brown showed, he could play in the slot. If, If for whatever reason, if the staff feels stronger about Isaiah Rogers on the outside more than the inside, they could prioritize Isaiah Rogers staying on the outside. And if something ever happens, for whatever reason, Kenny Moore has to come out of the game. You can put Tony Brown in there. And if again, if, you know, like last year's corner depth was tested throughout the year, Tony Brown can slide in the slot. You can still keep Isaiah Rogers on the outside for that specific reason. And what Tony Brown showed in the slot, because he still had a good, he had a great game. Honestly, I think he, sort of locked up a spot because of that reason. I think we could see a situation where Tony Brown could be that, you know, maybe, probably not the next slot guy. I think they could possibly, and I could get both of your guys' take on this. Could they go with Isaiah Rogers as that second slot, or do they want to prioritize him to the outside if something was to happen to to Kenny? Because I think Isaiah Rogers' speed could be better utilized on the outside but i did like what tony brown showed on saturday he just he he showed a better game and i think the slot fit him a little bit more that's what you know his body has his athleticism that fits the slot corner route he played outside majority of buffalo didn't have the greatest game bounced back in detroit well obviously the game was in indianapolis so against detroit and played in the slot that was a good uh that was a good, What what's the word I'm looking for? That was a good change by Ron Miles my, and company. So I, I will give them that. Ron, uh, Tony Brown, I feel like is an under the radar lock.
3: My under the radar lock is, um, I'm going to go with a man that I've been talking about for a long time. I actually fell in love with him when I was doing my prep to get ready to go to the senior bowl. Uh, I was catching up on a couple of guys that I didn't recognize and he was one of the names. I'm gonna go with Sterling Weatherford from Miami of Ohio, of course. The kid, when I watched his tape, uh, he would look like a man amongst boys. You know, the size, the way he was moving, he looked like a special talent. When I got a chance to see him up close, uh, it just confirmed everything I saw on tape. And and since he's came to Indianapolis, once they switched him to linebacker, I I thought that was a, a natural fit for him at the next level. He is phenomenal. You can see him just figuring out the position. He's still learning. Literally, he's only been playing the position for, for a couple of months now, and he's already figuring things out. He's making plays. He's flying around out there. Uh, him and him and Jojo, man, those two guys at linebackers are, are guys that really surprised me. Chris Ballard always finds a way to, to, to get those linebackers, whether they're undrafted free agents or late six, seventh round picks, man. He always hits on these guys. Uh, we know they have to be great special teamers. That, that's a must before they're able to get snaps and making this roster, man, it, it's not easy as it used to be, you know, the undrafted free agent streak was snapped uh, last year. It, it's not a shoe that the undrafted free agent can come in and, and, and make this team. So, by me stepping out on a limb and saying he's a lock, that, that just shows you how high I think of him and, and, and what type of talent I truly think he is.
5: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
4: And again, I think this just comes back to, I mean, like my lock just recently was JoJo Doman and we shared all those reasons as well. And I think Sterling Weatherford is just another example of the COVID year causing this to become the most draftees that entered their names in a long time. So these guys, I just don't think normally are going to be undrafted um sterling weatherford a lot of the reason may have been that teams just felt like he had to switch to linebacker um being a safety um for the majority of his career at miami of ohio um so that's probably has something to do with it i guess my question to you about weatherford do do you feel like he's gonna be best used linebacker wise so obviously early on if he makes the roster special teams will be where he plays a lot but if he was going to make a move in the linebacker room at any point and be a linebacker in the NFL long-term, do do you feel like the will spot is going to be where he's going to make his money? That's where I feel like that. That's where Weatherford's going to put his stamp on if he's going to do it.
3: Yeah. I think the will uh, is the best spot for him. Uh, Similar to the way Darius Shaquille, I'm sorry. Shaquille was used last year, you know, seeing those, seeing Shaquille and Bobby switch made me think that maybe you know, that Sterling will have some versatility and be able to play Mike as well. But I think his best position is the wheel. You know, the wheel typically gets matched up on on some of those tight ends a little bit more. It has to do a little more in coverage, which is fine with his safety background. I think that's going to be a big benefit for him in that role. I see JoJo as more more of a Mike uh, type of linebacker extremely smart guy getting the plays and getting everybody lined up. I think he will excel in that role. And I think Sterling is the prototypical wheel nowadays, man. You really want your safety type wheel guys. That's, that's the new role. i even seen the Chargers using Derwin James is that. Of course, Derwin James is an exception to the rule, but that's the direction that the new NFL is trending and getting more speed on the field, going away from traditional linebackers in that will spot. And you want a guy that can run and cover in space, man. That, that is the evolution of defenses in the NFL. And I think this is a good way for the coach to get ahead of the curve. You know, it, whether Gus, Gus Bradley is here or not running those cover three, wherever you want to go defensively, you need the athletes. So whether you're playing a cover three or you're playing a cover one, are you running two high shells? Regardless, you're going to need those linebackers that can move and can play in space. You need them to be multiple. You need them to be versatile. So I, I love Sheryl Weatherford for, for this roster.
2: Yeah, linebacker seems like it's the strongest room on this team, man. Like mm-hmm. I said, Chris Ballard and company know how to evaluate that that certain position. And I'm, I'm happy for it because a linebacker, man, those are probably one of the most important players spots on the defense. Most of the time, you know, the communicator, the play caller is playing that position. So obviously Shaquille Leonard is the signal caller for the defense. So good things all around. Jojo Doman, Sterling Weatherford, it, it's all good in the
4: linebacker room. So, Rashad, you 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 didn't weigh in when me and Mike were talking about the possibility of keeping seven linebackers. Um, I think it's – and I kind of said it earlier, and I was just curious of what your thoughts were um, now that we have the time to talk about it. But uh, keeping seven linebackers I think is just an underrated idea that's not being talked about. I think it's just – a lot of people think you have to only keep six. But looking at the roster, and I mean – we, you heard us go through it. I mean, I'd rather keep seven linebackers than three quarterbacks. I'd rather keep seven linebackers than four running backs. Where the roster is right now, I'd rather keep seven linebackers than four tight ends. Right. Um, so I, I was just curious to hear your perspective on it. If, if you think seven linebackers deserves a little bit more conversation here, um, because I just don't think it's being talked about enough amongst the fans, amongst
3: other content creators even. Yeah, man, it, it is something that actually haven't came up, and to say Ballard has actually kept seven linebackers before, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. And there's a legit argument you can make, you know, especially guys like Forrest Ryan, you know, that he's showed up and he's played well when he's played. You know, I know he got banged up a little bit, but uh, the special teams guy, I'm slipping his name, slipping Brandon King, I believe, also yeah. got hurt early. another guy that got nicked up like these are guys that if they can make plays and become core special teamers um you definitely can sneak them into uh, onto the roster i was actually talking to a a afc defensive line coach and he was saying that he would he always try to make one of his defensive linemen become core special teamers which is rarely happens you have to be an athletic freak to be a defensive lineman and be a core special teamer but that was always a way for him to sneak an extra guy onto the roster an extra guy he has a chance to spend more time with to get in this room you know and if the same thing goes with the linebacker position if you can find guys that's core special teamers the more you can get the more likely you is to sneak extra guys into your room and, and onto the roster that can contribute because you have to be able to contribute on special teams to get a, to get a look so, so keeping seven linebackers if two or three of those guys is is solid core special teamers then it can easily happen seems like we all agree here on the blue
2: stable podcast but also what is in agreement Is the Blue Stable Podcast and Manscaped for their product. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. It is back to school time, and we want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best year yet. The Manscaped Fourth Generation Performance Package is that is just that. Be ready for whatever is in your daily schedule this year. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0. Oh, join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the blue stable code BSTABLE20. That is code BSTABLE20 and all you guys that are going back to school. You know, if you want to be smelling good, man, be refined. All right? Be refined with Manscaped. Looks pretty good. Smells pretty good. I ain't going to take it out the box. I I ain't trying to hurt the value of it but it looks good head over to manscape.com and get this cologne right here refined and what we about to refine up right now is this preview of the dress rehearsal between the indianapolis colts and the tampa bay buccaneers we know for the colts it's going to be their dress rehearsal tampa bay got too many things going on right now i don't think it's going to be their dress rehearsal tom brady ain't even in the building Chris Godwin won't even play. He's coming back from ACL tear. Mike Evans is dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, there, there's a, another wide receiver they have that is dealing with an injury as well. So what's going to happen with them? I have no idea. But we know that the Colts are treating Saturday against the Bucks as a dress rehearsal. So what we're going to do is talk about what we're going to be looking for when it comes to this dress rehearsal. Again, because... We already know what this game means. What we're going to be seeing, they're going to put a little bit more effort into this game. The starters are going to play up to a half. That's been reported by numerous beat writers for the Colts. So up to a half, and we're going to get it going right now. And before uh, we get to everything else, we're going to start with the offensive line, basically the starting five. All right, I believe first to report was Joel Erickson of the Indy Star. Matt Pryor has solidified, per Frank Reich, Matt Pryor has solidified the left tackle position. Uh, announcing that this early, I'm shocked by it because I haven't been out there at practice like Destin has. I haven't been there every day like these other beat writers have, but I am shocked that he has solidified anything at the left tackle spot. I'm shocked by that. I I think, I, I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I don't agree with how the Colts have approached this. To say he has solidified We've all seen the same tape, right? I don't think we he's solidified much, to be honest with you. And Saturday against Detroit didn't help that at all. He got a series in of work. Why did he get a series in? He's not natural at the position. It was, just, it was reported. It's just about getting him more reps. Throw him in for three more drives like you did in Buffalo. That's getting him more reps. That's helping him. Throwing him out for a, a series, what is that doing? How is that getting him more used to playing the position? I don't know, but if it was just already in their mind, we're going to protect our starters. Okay, but Matt Pryor is the left tackle one, ladies and gentlemen. So we already know Matt Pryor, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Danny Pinter, Braden Smith are going to be your starting five. It has not been reported yet for the pass rushers of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon. It hasn't been reported they're not playing yet. So right now, I think I'm approaching this game as they are, which is going to be big because I want to see that. Braden Smith and Matt Pryor, how do those two hold up against Tryon and uh, Barrett? So, Destin, let me start with you With you here. what What's your biggest concern or strategy that you're looking at the offensive line come Saturday?
4: Yeah, I mean, starting with Pryor, you kind of mentioned didn't think... He had locked it up. I mean, the Colts had just looked like the way they were operating this offseason. They, they didn't have a battle at left tackle. They didn't have a battle at right guard. I mean, they didn't give first-team snaps to anyone else during 11-on-11s. Like, it was constant. Um, I think they just... Felt like that's what they wanted to roll with um i think the young guys have some things to develop still and they're just going to go the route of letting them sit and learn instead of having to throw them into the fire and that's an approach to do in the nfl i don't know if it's the one i would do um but that is an approach that people take in the nfl often um so Pryor will be the left tackle um you have quentin nelson out there like you said kelly pinter Braden smith um it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think I think there are different inconsistencies that we're seeing at times with the offensive line. I don't know if that's a new offense trying to figure it out with Matt Ryan, figure out the timing. Um, but most of these guys have been on the field together before. Um, four of the five in a pretty solid row. Um Three of the five, and then I mean, Pryor and Pinter have all played with these guys before too. I mean, these are there's not a single starter that's coming in that has not played uh, regular season snaps with these guys. So you would assume that they'll click, they'll figure things out, they'll figure out what has to happen if Pryor. Needs extra help on the left side. They have blockers in the tight end room that I think can help and do that. And Reich's been known to have an extra guy over there to help if needed. So I'm not that worried about it. I'm interested to see what this first half looks like. I am an adamant person that I am against playing the starters an entire half, but if I have to see it, I want to see the offensive line improve.
3: Yeah, man. Uh and this offensive line will be tested if you know if Shaq Barrett is playing, Joe Tryon is playing. Uh, we saw what Shaq Barrett did to Eric Fisher last year. You know, he single-handedly swung the momentum of the game. Coach were in a red zone, uh, getting ready to go up, I believe, either 10 or 14. It was getting ready to go up two scores um, on Tampa Bay. And Eric Fisher just got beat badly by Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett stripped Carson Wentz. Tampa Bay gets the ball, goes down and scores, you know, so – we know what Tampa Bay edge rushers can do. Uh, this will be a good test for Matt Pryor. I think Matt Pryor is ready for it, but I'm not sure because he shows inconsistency with speed rushers. Shaq Bear is one of those type of type of rushers. He specializes in speed rushing. So hopefully it, it's a good test for him. I'm I'm more interested to see how Ryman looks as well. You know, these preseason game means more to, to guys like him, who's, who's really in the early stages of their development. I really would like to see how he progresses from week to week because you're not going to see him much in a regular season. So these preseason reps is important for him. I think Chris, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, showed you how important it was last He week. I, I believe he logged over 40 snaps last week. So it's important for him to get some reps. Uh, one thing I'm gonna be looking for is, is the wide receiver play. I mean, let's let's be honest here. You know, I, I want to see Chris Routes, I want to see good timing with Matt Ryan. I want to see just consistency from a group that that has been everything but consistent. You know, there's been drop passes, there have been low lights, there have been highlights, it's been great 50-50 grabs. I want to see if they work in strong, Mike Strong, Desmond Patman in a little bit with the starters and get them some snaps against some quality competition. I would like to see just a bunch of different things from these pass catchers because they have a lot to prove. In my my opinion, they even have more to prove than the offensive line. So uh, that that's what I'm gonna be looking for in this game. Always good stuff, <laughs> sorry guys. Uh,
2: my mind was somewhere else <laughs> right now, but obviously the wide receivers, that's always a good thing right, right, right there. So I think another thing to mention, I want to see it was a problem preseason week one. But how does Ryan Kelly play? How does Ryan Kelly play? Because I know he, he did struggle a little bit last year. And when he came back from a tragedy that I don't wish upon my worst enemy, you know, I canceled that out of the eva- evaluation. He did struggle. And then in week one of preseason in Buffalo, he struggled against Tim Settle. Like, he was getting beat. So this game, I'm not sure if Vita Vea is going to play. But if he does, how does that matchup look? How does Ryan Kelly look, period? Because that is a little food for thought that I have in my mind. How does how, do, how does he look? He's been a little bit on the decline as of late from his play, especially the standard that he came into the league with. So I'm definitely uh, looking that as, as looking at that as well. I know the Colts have been playing around with the offensive line a little bit. Like, I think one one thing I did here was, uh, well, not that I hear, I read uh, that the Colts were playing around with an offensive line. Ryman, Bernard Ryman, left tackle, Quentin Nelson, left guard, Ryan Kelly, center, Brayden Smith at right guard, Matt Pryor at right tackle. I, I highly doubt that's what they're going to do in the season, but it's interesting to see them, you know, play with those moving parts in practice, you know, seeing if anything ever has to happen. You, ju- you just play with those little uh, spots here and there. Danny Pinzer was the sixth offensive lineman off the, off the bench in that practice. So that's obviously they played him at center,
4: played him, played at, played center him center at center too. Yes. That was, I think that was the big one is that they, they told me in that practice, that if anything ever happened to Ryan Kelly, I think instead of a one person switch they would move Pinter to where I think is his better position at center. And I think it's his more natural position. So I think they believe there's an asset to be made where if something were to happen to Kelly, you move Pinter to center and you move around to make it fit where you still have the best five guys on the field, which is always the best decision, in my opinion, when it comes to the offensive line. Get the five guys, best players on the field for it. Figure out what way you can do that.
2: And Braden Smith is being paid like one of the better right tackles in the game, but he does have shorter arms. Matt Pryor did start three games last year at right tackle, performed phenomenal for them. That's a little switch that I'm actually curious to see if that ever happens in a game. I'm curious to see about that. If you're curious about that as well, leave a comment down below. All right, Make sure to like this video if you love the Blue Stable. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball here a little bit because the defensive line this is going to be key because we've seen, obviously, a flash of Yannick Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay. We still want to see a little bit more there. DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. But what about those guys that we've been talking about, who we raved about last week? Taekwon Lewis, Ben Banagoo, Cameron Klein, Eric Johnson, Curtis Brooks. What about those guys? A guy who had a monster game on Saturday, Afidi Odingbo. I feel like I wanna. I'm pronouncing that name right. Seven total pressures on Saturday. How does that group work? How do they look? We know Chris Ballard loves himself some rotating defensive linemen, so keeping ten isn't out the realm of possibility, or nine isn't out the realm of possibility. Rashad, let me start with you here. When it comes to the defensive line, wh- what are you looking for? Are you looking more at the backups and how they could possibly generate pressure and get a look at that before we get the season going or are you looking at the starters how does yannick and quitty pay how do they complement one another and then of course we know the stout interior
3: we have the forest buckner and grover stewart um i'm more concentrated on the backup interior to be specific you know uh the backup edges i, I like the backup edges i like a i like ben Ben's been playing really well uh, in the reserve role. Tyquan Lewis has been playing well. Tyquan is actually a guy that we're going to have to see in the middle when this backup unit comes out because Curtis Brooks, um, Eric Johnson, those are guys that they need to develop. They, They have not shown me enough to be able to log serious snaps, a lot of serious snaps this season. As we know that Gus Bradley likes to rotate his defensive lineman a lot. I think you're going to have to see Tyquan. You're going to have to see Dio kick inside more often than you probably anticipated on them doing because the backup, they, they can't stop the run. You know, we saw Detroit run the ball at will in this last game, and, and we just was getting no penetration. Uh, we were getting stood up at the line of scrimmage. It was creating holes, getting blown off the ball, and that just can't happen. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. This, this backup interior group is, is what I really want to see because I like the backup edges. The starters, I'm not worried about at all. You know, uh, Quiddy's Quiddy. Grover's Grover. Uh, D-Buck is one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And, and Yannick is going to do what Yannick does, man. So I, I'm not worried about that. I'm just really worried about the reserve tackles, man.
4: I mean, for me, I think I'm looking at the reserve in edges um, a little bit extra. So to me, it's just – I feel like there's so many spots that are up in the air there still, um, and I think there's a lot of competition still to be had. I think Ben has had some good practices, and then in the games, you just see he's not able to get that same level of pressures, that same level of explosion off the line, um, and just winning rate. Um, So I think Ben is a guy who I think – needs to see a little bit extra and i guess this is the other reason why it's going to keep coming back to me that i just don't like using the last preseason game as the dress rehearsal in a sense because there's just so many guys still trying to fight for spots and if, if zach hicks over at locked on Colts said this today on their show so feel free to hit them up as well but if the colts are going to use this last game as a dress rehearsal dress rehearsal um, why are we keeping 81 guys? What's the purpose? Go, go under the limit. Because if, if these guys don't have a chance to make the roster because you're not going to give them that extra chance in this last game to prove anything, I just don't see the purpose. So I guess that's where my frustration comes is on these ends is I think there's multiple things to still be decided, but I'm kind of worried that with how the game is going to be set up, we're not going to get to see enough to figure that out. Um, I think Ben still has a lot to prove. I think Dio, if he's going to be on the end, whether he's going to be on the interior. I mean, he's going to be on the roster, but figuring out where that his best spot is as a reserve. There's there's so many young reserves in the interior, like Rashad said. So we, we just got to figure a lot of things out still. And, I, and I'm nervous the way the Colts set it up. We're not going
3: to get to figure those out. Yeah, this, what- by the way. I hate the dress rehearsal, by the way. I just didn't, I never stated it. I saw Dustin say it, and I just want, I'm sorry, I said Dustin. I saw Dustin say it, and I just wanted to make sure I reiterated. I hate the idea of this dress rehearsal.
2: Yeah, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. Like, it's the preseason, you know, in the end result, what is it going to do? Like, no one's keeping track of preseason wins and losses. Like, there's not a record for it. There's not an award for it. There's not a trophy for it or anything. I do understand if if this is part of Frank's thinking, like, look, man, I'm just tired, sick and tired of these slow starts because of mm-hmm. chemistry issues, because of lack of communication issues, like we're, you know, not... Uh, clicking on our assignments here or there or whatever the case may be, I understand that part, and I I sort of love and respect that aspect because he's been here. He's I think lost every home opener or at least
4: opener that he's been here. So to he I figure- mean ha- he has to. We we haven't won we haven't started out one and oh since yeah week two thousand fourteen. For- yeah okay. Yeah. I'll- I was thinking that same year so the year I, of droughts, the year of droughts 2014. haven't, haven't won drought. in Jackson haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, haven't won a home opener, haven't started out one to know just just a lot of fun things to remember from 2014. I mean there's also a lot of things built into possibly getting
2: this team ready because as you just said it, Destin, you have a lot of things on the line early in the season. Week one, what's on the line? this eight year drought you've had for not winning your home opener against a division rival what's in week two this drought you've had in jacksonville against a division rival your home against kansas city the the team to beat in the afc well maybe that's cincinnati now but kansas city has been there for the last four years and then your fourth game what is your fourth game already another division so i get it i i i get this approach i understand it i respect it but man it's only good if you walk out healthy, right? It's only good if you walk out healthy. So the Colts are definitely playing see, a bigger risk.
4: See, I can't say I respect it. I can't I can't say – I'll say I understand it. I understand certain elements of why they're doing it. Don't respect it. Don't agree with it. And would I say I hate it? I, I would. I would say I hate it.
3: Uh, <laughs> I think that's For fair. Sure. I think that's totally fair. I'm, I'm with him, you know. Chris Ballard, Frank Wright, you know, Frank Wright's not, I don't want to say a desperate man, but, you know, like he, he's a guy that I'm sure he's feeling the pressure a little bit, you know, especially after the Wentz experiment that, that went bad. Um, like Destin said earlier, you know, they haven't won an opener since the Raiders in actually 2013. You know who's the starting quarterback for the Raiders? Terrell Pryor.
2: I was about to say that. Okay.
3: <laughs> so, does, so, does, so does that count? <laughs> I Pry- don't even count. Thoreau probably actually had 112 yards rushing as well that game. Just Damn. Fun fact. fun fact, by the way. But, yeah, I mean, the Colts, it, it, it's time. You know, the schedule is in your favor. You, you love your roster. It's probably the best roster it's been in a long time. You can argue a Frank Wright error. I wouldn't agree with it because, you know, just having Andrew Luck at quarterback just – is Ooh. something that
4: well, well, just... now i gotta now i gotta put a warning in the episode that you said his name rashad way to go ah
3: darn it you're right i did yeah yeah now, now the
4: warning's gotta go in there so congrats
3: trigger, war- trigger warning i'm sorry i apologize but yeah man this is it's a lot of pressure you know this is the year they're supposed to win the division there's uh the favorites by all of the pundits out there they got to get it done, and, and I think getting off to a slow start is just something that can't happen this year, especially with the schedule so favorable. Uh, this team, this is a team that needs to go five and one within the division. They need to sweep Jacksonville. They need to sweep the Texans, and they need to at least split with the Titans. Anything else is. is a recipe for disaster. If these if they go out there and take care of business early in the season, I think the Colts will be fine. They've been a team traditionally that gets better as the season goes along. So I'm not worried about them midway to the end of the season. I'm worried about them from start to middle. Yeah, one of them, Chris Ballard or
2: Frank Reich, one of them has to be feeling the heat. Like, yeah, Carson Wentz was blamed, but there was still a meeting that went down between the, those two and the owners. So. One of them, if not both, are are feeling that heat as well, and there's a sense of urgency uh, on West 56th Street to get things done this year. So another aspect of this dress rehearsal was the secondary. Again, there's no Tom Brady, no Chris Godwin. Bucks wouldn't risk that at all. No Mike Evans. Like, there's not necessarily – the defense isn't necessarily going to be tested. They're not going to get to see those real looks against those real top receivers. So. I guess the biggest thing is just, you know, how does how does Nick Cross look next to Stefan Gilmore, Brandon Facyon with uh, Kenny Moore? You know, how does Julian Blackman look? You know, Rodden McLeod. Could we see a preview of how Ron Miles handles those, you know, juggling snaps between the vet Super Bowl champion and Nick Cross, who is right right now possibly the starter at strong safety so that's another thing to look at as well uh anything that you guys want to harp on on the on the secondary because they're not really going to be tested in this game i don't think
3: i'm really looking for communication you know communication is always the most important thing to me uh like i said i was speaking to uh, a afc coach about earlier that I referenced, I was t- actually talking to Chris Harris a couple of days ago and, and he said two phrases that his DB room has adopted down there in Washington is uh we didn't hear it and we didn't see it he said those two things are unacceptable in his DB room and I think it absolutely has to be that way when you're talking about communication you can't have anybody saying that they didn't hear it and you can't have anybody saying that they didn't see it it's you you guys job to make you your counterparts, everybody that's running with you, aware of anything that's going on. If anything needs to be communicated and Mike doesn't know, I'm just as bad as Mike because I didn't tell him. Destin is just as bad as me because he didn't relay that. If one fail, we all fail. And that's what I need to see from this coach unit. They have the talent. I just need to see the communication there. Everybody getting everybody lined up, lined up in the right places, being where they're supposed to be at the time. And and that's just what I want to see from this cold secondary.
4: Yeah. I mean, the big thing is when you make a big splash move like Gilmore um, it's great in premise, it's great to hear the signing. It's great to add a guy of that caliber, but the other thing it's going to do is it's going to raise expectations. It's going to raise the overall play style that they're going to have. Like you, if you go to make that move, the play has to match it. Um, so I'm excited to see what the secondary does. I mean, you go out, you see Ballard do something he doesn't normally do. And he goes and gets the top tier name on free agency for corners um, in that top tier of guys. If you go look at who was signed and, it's interesting. I'm going to see, we're going to see what this means. We're going to see what that means in a Bradley defense. We're going to get to see a lot of different things and I'm I'm pumped. I mean, the secondary and and edge rushers were the two areas we needed to improve the most for this defense to take a step. We we improved both. And let's see if, if we were right. So
2: no Xavier Rhodes
4: then. I mean, at the end of the day, again, if, if if Xavier Rhodes is willing to come in and be a rotational guy, Xavier Rhodes would by far be a better option than any other corner on the <laughs> roster for CB5.
2: <laughs> Rashad, what did you say the other day on Twitter that Rhodes has definitely closed? Oh, yeah,
3: I think that Rhodes closed. I think he's too prideful of an individual to come back and be CB5 a place where he was just arguably cb1 this last year or cb2 whatever you want to call it i don't think he's coming back to be cb5 so
2: yeah i don't see patrick peterson taking a step back in minnesota either and those elite days are are behind him so hey man uh excuse me i had to sneeze all right thank you bless you thank you all right awesome so uh other than that guys I, i guess that'll do it for this Last episode of the preseason slate of games. Uh, I'm hoping to put a great ending on this preseason book. So that way we can, let's get to football, man. I'm tired of all the talking, man. I'm eager. Rashad is eager. Destin is eager. Everybody on West 56 is eager, especially how last year ended, man. Let's get to Houston But solve that damn problem, and let's go. But before we get there, guys, we got to see how we look on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, again, guys, we want to thank you all for getting us to 1,000 subscribers. We appreciate you. We love you for that. If you want to continue to help us grow, make sure you hit the like button, Uh, comment anything down below, and keep on hitting that subscribe button. Help us keep growing and growing, and we can't do it without you again to enter the jersey giveaway. You must be subscribed, and you must put comment down below. Your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle. That way we can get a hold of you if you are chosen. So other than that, any other closing remarks from Rashad or Destin?
4: No, I'm I'm pumped to see – what, what jersey we end up giving away. I'm curious to see what player that person is going to pick. Um, we'll announce that in the next episode after you guys all get entered. We'll make sure and DM and get somebody who is going to claim the jersey um, so then we can announce it next week on the show just in case um, people need to know who won it. But I'm super I'm, – I'm glad that we are in a position and we have a platform where we can give something like this away and we can make somebody's day in this way. And I'm super pumped to figure out who that's going to be, and um, I, the option is still out there to get a King of Colts jersey. So uh,
3: to best to throw my, my clothes in line. I was just about to say that, you know, I was about to say, feel free to get King of Colts on the back of your jersey. Uh, if you're curious to know what number I would pick, if I had a choice of number, it would be 24. I'm a 24 guy. I'm a 24. So go ahead and get the 24 on the front, the King of Colts on the back, and be my best friend, you know? That's what comes with getting that jersey. You get a best friend for life, at least to
4: follow, right? At least, at least to follow. Ah,
3: oh, definitely, definitely. If, if you go out your way to do that, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll follow you and one other person. I'll let you pick another person for me to follow. Damn, not this, even like, a this, is
2: like a this is
4: like a whole other giveaway. It's
3: like a whole other giveaway right now. Right now, right that. you get two followers for one man.
2: Man, forget all that, man. You get to spend a night in Rashad's house, okay? No, you, you don't. Do oh, no. Oh, you get to do that. Up. In the master bedroom, Rashad and his wife had to sleep on the couch that night, okay?
3: trying to get us canceled. <laughs> By my wife. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. <laughs>
2: to tell her not to listen to this segment of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Rashad's is going to
4: go pull the Wi-Fi adapter real quick. (laughs) Right,
2: just cut the Wi-Fi off.
4: (laughs) No more recording. We love you, Rashad.
2: Oh,
3: man, that's hilarious, man. What
2: was a promising media career just ended. Just ended.
3: Gone in shambles. (laughs) Gone in shambles.
2: Well, other than that, guys, we hope you have enjoyed this edition of the Blue Stable podcast on YouTube obviously you can listen to this anywhere Apple podcast you already know what that is so he is Destin Adams he is Rashad McGinnis I am Michael Pevia the next time we talk hopefully we can get a win against the Bucks but if it if we don't guess what it don't freaking matter okay let's get to Houston healthy and let's beat their behinds all right y'all have a good one